All right, wow. How many of y'all love First Sundays? Great, right? Just such a beautiful feel as we just celebrate and honor life. Um, last week, Grant spoke on living from the heart and not the head, right? And if you weren't here, we want to encourage you, maybe you don't know about this, but on our mobile app, which everybody should have downloaded, you can watch or listen to all of the messages that are being presented here on Sunday mornings, all of the teachings, all the talks that are happening. And um, I encourage you to do that. You can also time for the Harbor Church podcast. And how many of you know we need to be strategic with the use of our time, right? And when we're driving so often, this is me personally, two places, when I walk, especially by myself, otherwise I'm going to be talking to Wendy, or when I drive, I put on podcasts just to learn, just to grow. And I want to encourage you to do that. And so all that's coming forth from this house every Sunday, every week, is, is powerful. And what we're trying to do is to equip you to take Sunday's faith that's been so kept in that one little box and, um, and, and equate it to Monday's work. What are you going to be doing tomorrow with what you learned today? What's going to be happening this time tomorrow? that you're absorbing today, right? Because that's what it's all about. There, there actually are no professionally paid ministers. The ministers are sitting in the seats this morning and watching online. And our job, those that speak from, from this pulpit, are here to equip you for the calling that God has on your life in your sphere of influence. Amen? Everybody tracking? This is where the church is going. This is what God is up to in the church. We're invading spheres of influence with the love of God, right? And we're bringing change to our cities because of that. So also, as, as Sam mentioned, we're really um, leaning in to loving on the needs of our community, the pain of our community, the brokenness of our community. And I encourage you, we have two things coming up with the Habitat House that we've invested in and also into this, into this county, this region, through what's happened in Stoneman Douglas. So make sure as you have emails come across uh, your inbox, don't just disregard them. Look into those because there's going to be important information. So I'm really excited today. We're continuing our margin series. My name is Darren Davis. For those of you that don't know me, welcome. And uh, I have the privilege to, to bring the word of the Lord uh, this morning. So honored, so appreciative to have that, that honor to do that. And I'm going to be looking into uh, making margin within our families. We had been looking last month into making margin within our faith as a general topic in your own, but making margin within our family. And you can apply this in your, in your own home, but in your relationship and maybe at large with the other relationships, maybe even having to do with this church. And, um, and specifically looking at the whole concept of honor. Everybody say honor. Okay, so we're going to be making margin to have healthy, life-giving, flourishing relationships in our region, in our coming and our going, wherever God may take us, through honor. Here's what I want to do. I want to start out by reading Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. We'll have it up on the screen there for you. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. I don't always put up the Passion Translation, but sometimes as I'm looking through the different versions, I, I'm really loving some of the ways that the Passion Translation communicates truth. But look what Paul says here. He says, Beloved ones, God has called us to live a life of freedom in the Holy Spirit. 
But he says to them, to qualify his statement, he says, don't view this wonderful freedom as an opportunity to set up base of operations in the natural realm. In other words, we are called to live an otherworldly kind of life. And oftentimes we try to take biblical truths and parallel them to what's going on in the culture of the world. And he said, listen, freedom is definitely not one of those things. Here's how he defines it. Look at this, powerful. He says, freedom means that we become so completely free of self-indulgence that we become servants of one another expressing, this has been a theme this morning, love in all that we do. You see, when you talk about God calling us to live a life of freedom in the Holy Spirit, that of defined means that we become so completely free of self. Wow. I'm telling you, that is a countercultural reality right there. When we start living not for the big me, myself, and I, but start living for other people, we're going to see a shift in health and life in our community. Servants of one another, where we express, this is profound, this is the word of the Lord, love in all that we do, in everything that we do. You know, we have some values here at the harbor that are really non-negotiable for us. They are where we draw the line in the sand on how we're building. And our number one value here is family. Family. And family is this to us. It's loving others through preference, service, and honor. What would it look like if we preferred others more than ourselves? Sounds like Jesus, right? Serving others more than serving ourselves. Sounds like Jesus. Honoring others and the life that they live. You see, values are massively important because the environment of a home Because that's what values do. They set the environment of a house in the natural. They set the environment of this house. That's why values are important to the harbor. But the environment of a home affects the soundness of its structure. Now, i got to confess something. Wendy and I were away last week on our annual vision retreat, seeking God for what he has for our community in 2020. Isn't that amazing that you can seek God for stuff that's happening in the future? That's actually a good thing because then you can plan for it. You can prepare for what he has. You can do it well. You can do it with excellence. Come on. When he gives you the 911 on what's happening in your tomorrow. Come on, somebody. Come on. This is We're called to, to not only hear God, but to execute what he's calling us to do with, with profound strategy and effectiveness. So anyhow, we were away on this thing and you know, we had some downtime, and so Wendy um, tuned into a program called Hoarders. Yikes. And I was watching it with her, and man, there was one point where they were going through this, guys. And it was, it, there was so, I had so much compassion and pity for the people that they were, they were going into their homes. It was, but I started crying at one point as they were kind of digging through these homes that had all this stuff and this junk in them. And, 
you know, bugs. I mean, it was awful. I was like, <laughs> I mean, I was weeping like I couldn't take it. Because I'm, I'm a clean freak. I like everything in, in, in proper order. I, I'm just, that's just the way that I'm made. I, I couldn't handle it. But, but the internal environment of some of these homes, there was this one company that came in because they go in and they normally clean these out, try to get the people some help. But this one company, they were like, this whole thing needs to be just torn down. Because when, when, when culture is not right on the internal side of a home, it actually affects its soundness concerning its total overall structure. And I think as it relates to relationships and people, man, there's some things we may need to just adjust and tweak, and there may be some stuff that we need to completely tear down and get rid of and start to rebuild in the right way. To bring health, come on. One of the the biggest problems right now in our culture, in our nation, is relational issues. Family health. The ability for people to have, have healthy interpersonal interaction with each other. It's massive. It's a massive deal. So that's why love for us is our number one value. Look what, what, look what Paul says in Galatians chapter uh, 5, verse 14. Here it is. It's, it's amazing. I love the word of God. It says, for love completes the laws of God. Like everything that he's determined to see happen in the earth, it is completed by love. And in fact, he says all of the law can be summarized into one grand statement. Demonstrate love to your neighbor even as you love and care for yourself. Oftentimes the reason we can't express love to other people is because we don't even love ourselves first. And you can't give away what you don't already possess for you. Right? So I think we're all in process, myself included, really learning to love me. Because when I love me, I can love you better. Because to love someone is to honor someone. Did you know that? I want you to hear this, because this is really important. The only environment that dishonor can exist is where love is growing cold. You can tweet that and you can put Darren Davis under that quote because that was original with Mua. All right? But we as the body of Christ are, are the ones that, that are called to exude his love and to model to the world what love looks like. Now, I'm not saying that for pressure. But we have been given the greatest gift in all of eternity. The love of God shed through the blood of Jesus. And if we can't model it, who is going to be able to do that? No one else. Isaiah 60 verse 1, look what he says. He says, let your light shine for all to see. For the glory of the Lord rises on you. Now we think the glory of the Lord is like that anointing. No, it's, it, it is, but it's much more practical than that. You see, and I believe that the rising of God's glory is tied to honor. In fact, if you look at the definition of glory, it's the implicit value that someone possesses. 
And honor is our choice to recognize that value. Honor, honor literally means to esteem and to hold in great respect. Now, I need to qualify something here. Dishonor, that's raging in our culture right now, makes me upset in, righteous, in a righteous way. Dishonor does not diminish the intrinsic glory of a person. We need to know that. You know, just because someone dishonors you or me or, you know, acts wrongly, it does not diminish your intrinsic glory. You are still valuable. That's why we tell people, I don't care what, listen, not that we don't care. Whatever happened in your life that tried to dishonor you by things that were said, you are not a victim to those things. It does not intrinsically remove the glory that's on the inside of you as one created in the image of God. But the reason we have to watch for this within the household of the Lord or in in family in general is it does create three things. Division, discouragement, and it does try to diminish potential. And that's why we are called to be one. We are called to, to, to encourage. We are called to see potency rise. Not lives of people. Not tear them down. Not divide. Not discourage. One of the greatest apostolic leaders in the early church was Barnabas. Why? Because he was an encourager. He came to bring people together. He came to speak courage into people's lives. He came to build up where everybody else had been tearing down. This is a good message. This is good right here. And it's, it's why we need glory, and it's why we need honor in our families, in our churches. Because glory is rightly seen, and honor is rightly aligning. I want to I give you a glimpse into an environment where glory and honor are both taking place. You ready? Now, it's found in Revelation chapter 5, verse 11. Now, to set up the context here, there's this worship service taking place in heaven where millions of angels are singing, Worthy is the Lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and glory and blessing. Wow. The one who had been, this is tragic, slaughtered on the earth is now being honored in heaven. The reason... Because we got to get, get simple here. The reason there's so much glory in heaven is because there, they're rightly seeing and they're rightly aligning. The angels there, make no mistake about it, are giving glory to the one who Jesus actually is when the majority of people on the earth just couldn't see it. That's why there's so much glory in that place. Because they can see, they can hear, 
They can align. But here's the deal. God's kingdom, in his kingdom, the way it operates, honor is just not reserved for a future day. Did you know that? It's not for tomorrow. It's for now. And so, John gives us a glimpse into where we're going as we mature. Everybody say mature. As we grow up, as we become more like Jesus. You want to see where we're going? Look at this. Verse 13. Right verse, right verse, next verse right after the one I just read. And he says, and then I heard every creature in heaven and on the earth. And they sang blessing and honor and glory. You see, the reason we need to understand this and why it's so important is honor is the operating system of heaven that's designed to be the honor operating system of the earth through his body. Now, I, I don't have time to go into these, but I want to put these out there for you for you to study on your own. These could be a message in and of themselves. But we're called to honor God with our wealth. Proverbs 3.9 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything that you produce. Honor the Lord. We're called to honor God with our bodies. 1 Corinthians 16.9, Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? who lives in you and is given to you by God. You don't belong to yourself. God bought you with a price, so you must honor God with your body. Operating system for health, for life, for flourishing relational reality. Number three, honor God by honoring those in authority. Uh Uh-oh. Conviction. What about bad presidents? I mean, listen, we're not to, to overlook our convictions, but we are to carry honor for authority. Respect those that are in authority. Verse number four. Husbands, honor God by honoring your wife. Come on, come on, women. You need to, come on. Husbands, I want a big cheer from the women here. I'm giving you a shout out today. Husbands, honor God by honoring your wife. (laughs) First Peter says it right here, husbands in the same way, you, you know, you must give honor to your wives, treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you, that's not the exact context, but we'll get to that another time, all right? <laughs> treat her as you should so your prayers won't be hindered. Five, honoring God by honoring your father and your mother. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment of promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you. You'll have a long life on the earth. Do we believe that? Well, my mom and dad did me wrong. See them through the lens of the father and and don't have expectations on them that they can't meet so you keep ended up disillusioned and just love them. You're a bigger person in Jesus. Even though you're a son or daughter, in their brokenness, you can rise above that. Ooh. Honor God by honoring those who serve us. You know, in in the church, like, listen, there's people that are making this whole thing go because they're laying their lives down right now across the street in the children's ministry. 
Give them a huge hug and a kiss on the cheek when you pick up your kids and say, I honor you. Because it says the deacons will be rewarded with respect and honor from others and they will have increased confidence in their faith in Jesus for laying down their lives to serve people on a day like today. Now, number seven, I'm only the messenger here, so just hear this for what it is. Honor God by honoring those who equip us, pastors. 1 Timothy 5.17, the pastors who lead the church well should be paid well. Amen. They should receive double honor for faith through preaching and teaching the revelation of the word of God. Now, here's the thing. I'm not even saying that for myself. I'm telling you, our team that gets up here and leads you in so many other ways, they work their bajubis off. And they're, they're worthy of honor. I mean, guess this is not for you, but hey, family, we're not here to, to not give honor to these kind of people. They're like laying their lives down, sacrificing, could be making a whole lot of money somewhere else. Trust me. And I want to say, none of these things are religious obligations. They're values that, when cultivated, create an environment of love. Help to maintain the longevity of a healthy house. In a church, in a family, in a relationship. Now, as I close, I want to pay close attention to one thing that I think we really need to watch out for. That I think is really important for us to, to... um, just really just pay attention to. And it's, you ready? Familiarity. Did you know familiarity is like a fire extinguisher to the flame of love? can be that way with our walk with Jesus. You become so familiar to Jesus that where was the love when you first met him? can be with your spouse could be with someone in your life. Look at this in the life of Jesus himself, just to prove this point. Mark chapter 6, verse 1. It says, Jesus leaves leaves Capernaum, returns with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. Now this is, you got to understand, Jesus is God himself in the flesh on the earth. Do you understand? Like, he's God on the earth. God himself on the planet, clothed with flesh and blood. He goes to his hometown, verse 2, and on the Sabbath he begins to teach. And everybody who hears his teaching was overwhelmed with astonishment. And they said among themselves, they're talking as he's preaching, what incredible wisdom has been given to him. Where did he receive such profound insights? What mighty miracles is he rotting through his hands? But familiarity comes in. Verse 3, isn't this, just a little question, isn't this... Mary's son? The son of a carpenter? The brother to Jacob and Joseph and Judah and Simon? And don't all of his sisters live 
in Nazareth, and it says when they asked this question, they took offense at him. Familiarity! I'm convinced is one of our greatest enemies to dishonor and bring coldness of love to those that we're called to run with for longevity. Because relationships aren't really relationships unless you've done some time with those people. Unless you've walked through some battles together and got to the other side of some things. That is only garnered over time or you're not really in relationship. Let's be honest. But in familiarity, it can creep into that time process. Where at the beginning, it's like, oh my God, this person is just unbelievable. I remember there was uh, one of our members who had moved away to another city. He was a part of a, a ministry that's very significant in our nation. And he had been working under a particular leader who is a pretty big voice in the body of Christ. And um, he was speaking here on a Saturday night, and I was scheduled to speak on Sunday. And this guy had happened to be back in town. I was like, aren't you going to go hear so-and-so tonight? And he's like, nah, I hear him all the time up where I'm at. And I was like, man, we had hundreds, I mean, not thousands, but... That's evangelistically speaking. People in this, it was packed hearing this guy. And I thought, wow. You see, the fruit of familiarity we see in verse 5 says that Jesus, this is crazy, the Son of God was unable to do any great miracle in Nazareth. Greatness was diminished by familiarity. Write this down. Put this out for everybody to see and for everybody to hear because there is a kingdom principle here and it's this. Honor will give you access to the grace on someone else's life that you don't have. But in an age of self, we think, I don't need anybody else. I'm good, just me. You are deceived if you think you're good, just you. You are but a part. You are but a piece. You are significant. You are powerful. You are filled with glory. And we should be honoring you for what you carry. But you can't do it alone. And if you want access to grace on somebody else, divine enabling power working through somebody else, you need to have the eyes of honor to recognize what they carry. We know the verse that says, he who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet receives a what? Prophet's reward. There's rewards in healthy relationships. Okay, vulnerable time. You guys ready? When I married Wendy, I soon discovered that we were polar opposites. (laughs) 
And after the googly love wore off, which took a bunch of years because I was that smitten, right? <laughs> I was that overtaken. But time tells all things, right? It wore off, and then I wasn't as appreciative of her differences to me at some point in our journey. Can I get an amen? And though I was perfect, there were some things about her that frustrated me. I'm just kidding. Far from it. Far from it. Digging a hole, she says. Digging a hole. It's going to be a long day. Happy Super Bowl Sunday, everybody. But I'm going to say this. When I humbled myself and got out of myself, and started to ask God to show me, to unveil my eyes to the things that I could not see about her that were so necessary for me in our journey, in our family, to bring health and establish that within our home. My my life changed. And that's the honest to goodness truth. I am way, way better for being married to her than being married to myself. Come on, you can applause that. I don't take offense. Narcissism is not in vogue in the kingdom of God. Can I get an amen? I was thinking about this. How many prophets have been slain on the earth for their message? only to be honored after they were gone. I was talking to the Lord about that the other day. I was like, this is so messed up. And it happened in the early church, you know. You go to Rome and you got statues of all the apostles, and that was where they killed those guys. Do you understand? And I was thinking about it. Did that generation miss, if not all, a good measure of the reward they could have received from them if they would have honored them while they were here? Why do we have to honor everybody once they're dead? Because when they're gone, they're gone. I learned that when my mom passed away. Man, when they are gone, listen, we know they're in heaven and all of that, but I'm telling you, when they're gone, they're gone. And you start thinking about all the beautiful things of their life that maybe you wish you would have celebrated a little more while they were with you. What if we turn that around and we said, God, I'm going to honor this person with all of my heart. I'm going to fight familiarity until my dying breath. God, I'm going to try to see this person in the way that you see them. Because I want to say this. Another tweetable moment, all right? This is happening. This is rolling today. This is good. But recognition is the key to restoration. Recognition is the key to restoration. You know, 
I don't know why this year I noticed this, but I was like, man, Martin Luther King holiday is really kind of going somewhere now. It's like, it's, it's actually really kind of popular to really, and I'm like, wow, how much recognition is happening sincerely for a voice that should have been recognized so much more even back in the day? And what is that doing for the restoration of our culture as it relates to racial reconciliation? The same is true in any relationship that we have. When you start to recognize that person for who they are, what they carry, the beauty that they bring to your life, you will see restoration come in the hopes and the dreams that you're longing for in that relationship. I'm speaking to someone right now. Wow. Do you know that healthy family and honor go hand in hand? I'm closing with this. Romans 12, 9, Paul is speaking to us today through the Holy Spirit. He says, oh, I love this. I love the language. Let the inner movement of your heart always be to love one another. This is what revival is going to look like. It's going to be inner movement of the heart. that burns in us with all sincerity to love other people. I told our team this morning, I'm going to speak on this some tonight in West Palm at our abbreviated service so everybody can get to the game afterwards. But I, I said, man, to abbreviate things down so they can get to that game but still come to church. Come on, somebody. I said, what we need with the world right now is a compelling Christ-like character and not a celebrity platform. Not putting on our, I'm not against this, but, you know, making ourselves look, like striving for this position that feeds some empty place inside of our heart when God is wanting to manifest his son through the, through the nature of what we carry through the accomplished work of Jesus. And in fact, he says right here, never play the role of an actor wearing a mask. Come on, you ever been around somebody that they're acting, they got all the smiles, act like they're loving you, and they ain't loving you, and you know they ain't loving you. It's not authentic. Despise evil and embrace everything that is good and virtuous. Here it is, and this is the title of my message, Outdo Yourselves. He says, be devoted to tenderly loving. Fill in who's ever named there. Come on, I want you to just... Who do we need to devote ourselves to? In this next season, pick one person. And tenderly love them. This is a crazy goal. It's insane. But it's one for us this morning as we get ready to take communion. This is insane.
try to outdo verse 10 here latter part of it try to outdo Romans 12 10 yourselves in respect and honor of one another O-M-G what so you pour out like it's, it's happening on the inside you pour it out into someone else and then the Holy Spirit says next time outdo yourself do it again but do it even more now this is not going to make sense to newly marrieds and when I say newly marrieds I'm talking anything under 15 years can I get an amen sorry but you're on your honeymoon up till 15 come on baby but I was saying this to someone the other day I was like as I cooperated with the process that I'm preaching on today because I'm not just talking about things it's a novel thing but I'm actually living them can I get an amen wow a pastor actually living what he's preaching or trying to by the grace of God there was a shift that happened in my relationship with Wendy in my relationship with my team that has continued to go deeper every day since that time 16 years ago is when it happened this is after I planted the church so it's like it's never too late or never too early for any of us right there's no like timetable on this it's like whenever you're willing to open up your heart Jesus will gladly come in if you give him permission but he for sure will make up for lost time and he will restore years that have been eaten and lost and he'll give you hope again where you didn't feel too much hope and he'll give you a blessing in relationships where maybe you never found that before there's a lot of people that have given up on relationships I was talking to a guy young ladies out there that are single in the harbor right now oh it's gonna be good news for you I was talking to this guy West Palm he's actually a pretty famous musician artist moved here from LA really good-looking young man single going to a small church up there in West Palm no ladies no single ladies I said bro bro they're here at the harbor they're here big time not just one not two not ten they're here bro he's like what other church was I going to I'll be at the harbor soon my friend soon was I going with that <laughs> there's hope for you that's it that's what it is because I said there's single guys here but they're not stepping up come on guys you got to step up you got to step up step up step up step it up or my friend Blake is coming 
he's coming and others just like him right huh oh yeah i'm over that night i'm moving on to something else all right you want that? <laughs> yeah I remember actually no the beauty the beauty of like I, don't, I think we underestimate the power of the blood and the power of a body broken for us to step into like really healthy spaces through his divine enablement. Because the enemy beats us up, beats us up. I, mean, I remember when we for, first started, God started surfacing this stuff in me. I felt like a complete failure, honestly, as a husband, as a friend to my wife, you know, in so many ways. And Jesus was like, no, 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 no. Yeah, there were some things that you didn't understand, but listen, I got you because I'm on the inside of you. Just say yes, and I'll, I'll work through you. I'll teach you things. I'll put people around you. I'll get you in the right spaces. I'll move you on where you weren't moving on before. Like, it can happen. There's hope. But we need to pray. We need to agree. Could we do that today as we take? Lord, we stand in this powerful moment called communion that's not just a religious exercise but it's a moment where we can connect with heaven and the honor and the glory that was going on there even to this day blessing and honor and glory and power and wisdom and riches we join in today And we say out of our hearts, blessed be the one who sits upon the throne to whom is deserving of all honor, of all wisdom, of all riches, of all power. You are unprecedented, Jesus. You have conquered all things. You have made a shame openly on display of our enemy, the enemy of our souls, the enemy of our families, the enemy of our relationships. And you are seated high above it all. And you have put your feet as a footstool upon this earth. And you have extended your scepter of righteousness to your body called the church where you are working in and through us to restore all things. Oh, can you feel the faith? Come on. Where you are restoring all things and you are doing it as our hearts are encountered by your blood that we recognize that through your body broken we are being restored. We have been restored. We are coming into our inheritance. And as we drink and as we eat today, we are reminded of this reality that our relationships will be healthy, our marriages will be whole, our friendships will be what they were intended to be. Our hope in what you're doing through the church will come back. Someone needs to hear this today. Our hope in what you're doing through the church will be brought back in to a place of health and of honor once again, even through the failures of people. God, you are here today and we love you. Could you eat and could you drink with me in remembrance of this one that gave his life that the world could not see 
And as you take, go ahead and take. Could your eyes be open today <laughs> to this one who sits upon the throne that angels cry out day and night that elders already for a couple thousand years have been falling on their knees casting their own crowns at his feet oh how good and how beautiful is the Lord how good and how beautiful is his body that dwells in unity Break off your criticism. Break off your judgment. Break off your view. Align by rightly seeing, by rightly declaring, by rightly praying. In Jesus' name. I'm going to have Sarah just sing this song and and you are dismissed. We're going to have our ministry teams here and I feel like this is a moment like if, if something from this message hit your heart come and receive from Jesus if, if you don't know Jesus in the way that I talked about like come up let's have a conversation if you need maybe prayer for your marriage or for a relationship or stuff going on in your heart come on up we're going to lift this up stand up with me and you're dismissed to get your kids we'll see you next Sunday but let's just go there for a minute as we close